All right, here we go. I have my friend Margaret Barry here, who is a police officer. Yes. And um, and I am delighted to have her here because I definitely wanted to get like a police officer's point of view on things in the world and in life and stuff like that. So, and there's Zeke who has to say <laughs> hello to every single person. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? No, you're not. You're not embarrassing. Oh. <laughs> All right. So what made you want to be a police officer? Oh, um, well, actually, I didn't always want to be a police officer. Okay. Um, I studied criminal so justice. So what brought you to be a police officer? Yeah, that's a better, that's a better question. Yeah. Um, so I studied criminal justice at Northeastern. Okay. Um, and um, while I was in Boston, after I had graduated, as a lot of times, most college students find out that their student debt now is now having to be paid for, yeah, and um, they can't afford to live in Boston anymore. So yeah. that that happened to me, and um, so I decided. So to you were move. in Boston. Yep. Okay. And I decided to move back to New Hampshire to live with my parents for a little while. Yep. And I needed a job, um, so I actually started working at Stevens for a little while. You did? I did. Yeah. Uh, doing what? Uh, I was like a substitute teacher. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Um, did some para work, stuff like that. Yeah. Just needed like a little cash flow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and actually, while I was working at Stevens, um, um, Chief, um, oh no, it was uh, it was Mark Chase, who was a captain at the time, yep. um, and Brent, um, mm -hmm. who was a lieutenant or a captain, maybe I'm not sure. Okay. And um, they had come to Stevens to talk about graduation, mm -hmm. um, and I was I happened to walk by them while they were having this meeting and. My mom, who's still the principal, was mm -hmm. like, you need to meet my daughter. And <laughs> because that's what she does. Yeah. And um, I was obviously very embarrassed. And um, so, but they kind of threw me this pitch because uh, they were looking for officers at the time. And mm -hmm. they knew I studied criminal justice. Right. And I was very much like, ah, it's just never what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like, you know, but after thinking about it for a while and after kind of researching some of the the jobs that I would like to have, I mm -hmm. learned that I needed experience because yeah, you can't just walk into most jobs. Absolutely. Um, and I knew that becoming a police officer would give me that, those years of experience sure. that I, I would need. Sure. Um, so that's kind of what was my deciding factor. Um, I've learned now that I am a police officer. How long have you been a police officer now? Um, I've been certified for three years. I've okay. been working at Claremont PD for four. Okay. Um, so, you know, throughout working there i've found that i've enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would okay um but i was never expecting or planning on this um you know when i was when i was studying criminal justice no, no. so what were you planning on when you were studying criminal justice um my goal was to become an animal cruelty investigator actually oh that's cool yeah i actually really i had worked for the humane society of the united states while i was um at northeastern mm -hmm. and uh, i loved loved working for them they're an amazing organization mm -hmm. and i that's what i wanted to do was kind of like they have these investigators that go into factory farms mm -hmm. or um, puppy mills and they basically take footage while pretending to be an employee there and um, that's where that's what i wanted to do that's actually like pretty cool yeah <laughs> like i didn't um because like there's a lot of animal cruelty out there right yes yeah yes. and and uh I kind of feel like, I mean, it's something that's like talked about, but it's not really something that's brought to the forefront a lot, I, f I feel like. So um, that's a pretty admirable thing. 
Um, so then you end up, you, you come to Claremont. Mm -hmm. Is that because your mom was the principal? Is that how you ended yes, up here? Yes. Yeah. She was living here and I needed somewhere to live because okay. <laughs> I was poor and broke. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she was living here in Claremont. So this is kind of just where I, where yeah. I ended up. Okay. All right. And then you ended up working as a police officer mm -hmm. and which I'm sure cause I work as a, in Claremont, you know, as a coach, I, uh, a social worker, paraprofessional. So I see a lot of, you know, we're front lines, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's an it's an interesting town. I yes. will I will say I will yes. <laughs> I will say I know we can't like get into specifics and stuff like that, but it, yeah. it is a, you know it's a definitely like a low income town mm -hmm. where people a lot of people are struggling. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Um, I grew up in Ringe, New Hampshire, which is a really small town in southern New Hampshire. Yeah, and that's kind of what I assumed like all New Hampshire towns were like, <laughs> um, which. Is not the case. Um, no. So Claremont kind of threw me for a loop when I was first here. Yeah. Um, you know, I lived in. Boston. I always tell people because I was born and raised in Claremont. I said Claremont is an interesting place. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I lived in Boston for five years, so okay. I had like those. I had these two really different experiences of like where I lived. Yeah. And then coming to Claremont was like a really interesting mix of both, and I was not really prepared for that. And I don't even think. I've even like really, I don't really understand this town still, even working in it for four years. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I understand this town and I've been here for 26 yeah, years. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, um, yeah, but it's not all bad though. There are mm -hmm. definitely good things. Like, um, I know from being a football coach, like, first off, families here can cook. Yes. <laughs> they, know to, they know how they they can know how to make good food. Mm -hmm. I that will definitely but they're very they're very gracious and they're very, you know, kind. I just think they're hardworking people, yes, right? Definitely. And and um they just want um everyone to you know be like I don't know everyone to be as hardworking and as everyone as as, as they are, you know yes. what I you know yeah. what I mean? There's definitely I definitely feel that there. Um but there's also a lot of uh low income and um families who really struggle too because mm -hmm. like i see and i'm sure you see it like working as a police officer on the front lines um you know and i'm sure that has connections with um like things people do that you see on the, yeah. for the front lines so would, yeah. you, would you would you agree yeah i think i mean i think obviously when you have towns like this where there are a lot of families that struggle with low income yeah. um that's a that's a perfect, um, what's the kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like perfect groundwork yeah. for drug dealers to come in yep. and because they see opportunities here mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily on Claremont or it's no. not on these low income families. No. It's people who take that as an advantage sure. or take advantage of those people. Sure. Um, but I absolutely do see that. And, yeah. and you know, obviously those, you know, if, those things lead to other things or other crimes, yeah. uh, other petty crimes, um, mm -hmm. which then leads to worse and worse and worse. And right. it's just a downward spiral. Well, and it's also when, you know, I've talked about this, with, when you're low income, um, that leads you to be stressed out more, mm -hmm. which leads you to make decisions that are rational. Yep. Like when you're stressed out, your brain changes. Like yeah. your, 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 your amygdala part of your brain is firing, which is like your survival part and your frontal cortex, which yeah. is like your um, rational thinking part doesn't, isn't, isn't the forefront of your brain. So obviously you're not going to make good, better decisions when mm -hmm. you're, when you're stressed out all the time. That's not an excuse. It's just, 
It's just the, f- and just that's the facts. And that's even on like a, a case-to-case basis too. I mean, I, yeah. I deal with people and we all deal with people at the PD who 99% of the time are, they work with us, like they're great. And then we get into a situation with them where it's stressful yeah. and it's like dealing with a whole different person. And mm-hmm. you know that this person is good and this mm-hmm. person, this mm-hmm. is their 1% of the time where right. they're stressed out and they're making decisions that right. they normally wouldn't. And it's also, and it's also like, some people have to get like they're they're trying to put food on the table for their family mm-hmm. they're trying to so when you have to when you're constantly in that state of you know how am i going to make sure my rent's paid how am mm-hmm. i going to make sure that there's food on the table for my kids how am i going to pay for childcare and like all when you're thinking about that all the time that's obviously going to cloud your judgment in yeah. in your decision so i i kind of feel like that that is a big factor in not just Claremont. Claremont is just an example. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a factor in communities all over the country where you um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you're you're the police officer here, <laughs> but that's a factor in all of the um, communities that we have in. I will say America in general because of the high crime. You know, those mm-hmm. are they're often often poor communities, communities that. Um, don't have uh, resources, communities that don't have high paying jobs. Uh, would you agree there's a connection? Absolutely, and I think too, a big thing is that this country doesn't take care of like what would make someone not commit crimes anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been, our criminal justice system has been based on locking people up and then letting them go with absolutely no rehabilitation, right. no reformative no. work. Absolutely hard to find a job yeah because you know you got a criminal record most places won't hire you mm-hmm. um hired to uh um and of course when you can't find a job that's just a trickle down yeah. effect you mm-hmm. know that's how people get back into drugs or you know exactly. um so like and you're right because um and i don't put this blame on the cops i put this blame on the system i put the blame that because it's a for-profit like we have prisons that run for profit Mm -hmm. so they make money by putting people in jail like for to my opinion jail is there for when we need it not to make money off of you know what i mean absolutely (laughs) yeah um and you know you're right when we talk about um not putting a priority um because you go into those low-income communities and guess what most of them they don't have health they don't have health care they don't have um they don't have um educational opportunities Mm -hmm. easily accessible educational opportunities besides their own public schools which are constantly underfunded especially in poor communities so it's all trickled down yeah you know what i mean i think we've been putting money into the wrong places for decades at this point and now we are seeing where that's led us and now we don't know what to do yeah because like we're already pretty that's a great way to put it yeah that's a great way to put it yeah And, and now we're kind of just in this like weird rut where we don't know how to get out of it and we don't know what to change to make it better and yeah this 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 terrible cycle we're in yeah yeah because i mean to be completely honest with you i don't see how we're gonna get out of it until we address things like income and wealth inequality Mm -hmm. and you know because like you obviously know i was a big supporter of bernie sanders um the reason i was is because he was the only politician that even talked about that Mm -hmm. because you know and we're not talking about I don't. Th- I obviously don't think the CEO should make the same as the worker, but I don't think that the CEO, that three people should own more wealth than the bottom fifty percent of the people. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean. You, yeah, I right, totally. I mean, I voted for Bernie too. So okay, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. I campaigned for him both times and like um, vigorously, and I probably will never have another candidate. There'll be other candidates. Well, there are other 
politicians that I like. I really like Elizabeth Warren. I like, um, I'm a big fan of it. I like, I like AOC, Alexandria yeah. Ocasio-Cortez, just because of their message and they want to get to roots of problems. And that's kind of how, how, I, how I think. But, um, you know, income and wealth inequality is one issue. Like, could you imagine if the median income was like, it were, or say a person that makes $30,000 instead made like $70,000 a year, like what that would do yeah. for this country. Yeah. I think you would be, in, you, of course, you're never going to have every problem go away. Right. But I think it would help. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's just across the board. I mean, like for me, um, you know, I we just had a, a study done. The city just did a study on city employees and, mm-hmm. you know, how much the city employees make. And we are, patrol officers here in Claremont are 4 to $6 less an hour than would be the 50% median in the country. It's like our schools too. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so like... If you want people in these positions, if you want people mm-hmm. who are well educated and mm-hmm. you know in those positions, they have to make enough money yeah. to be able to support themselves and support their families. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have, it's just this, it's just this bad cycle of yeah. you know if. And you know, property taxes are crazy high mm-hmm. in this town. And well, that, and then to me, that's a another issue of inequality because it's like you come here. And property taxes are thirty-three dollars per one thousand, but you go to somewhere like Meredith, a rich community, and they're nine dollars per yeah. one thousand. Yeah. Like, how's that fair? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's not. It's not. It's not at all. It's not fair at all. And I know like taxes are an issue. Like, and I also think about income inequality. And let me just scroll back for a second. So, like, I go to school board meetings, obviously, because I work at the school, and I'm tr- I'm considering. Okay, once I have my degree. Am I going to work at the Claremont School District? Mm-hmm. You know, right now I'm, I'm working on my social services degree. So I'm kind of like st- stuck doing what I'm doing, you know, yeah. the, the mentor work and the, and the coaching and the um, para work. But once I have my social services degree and I can be a case manager, I would like to stay here. But I also don't want to like be worried every single year that I'm going to lose my job. Yep. You yep. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, so it, it, it's, it's hard, but, um, but I also think about income inequality and the fact that like, if people made, if working people made more money, even like if working people made more money, um, and they got more wealth out of the product they're generating, you know, it wouldn't be so hard for them to pay their taxes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like it, it's a trickle down, it's a trickle down effect all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, what issues are as a, as a police officer from a police officer point of view, what is uh, your, what issues are important to you? Uh, well, um, I don't know. I, I guess that's a kind of a weird question for me because I don't, necessarily i'm okay <laughs> you're talking to an interesting cop because yeah. <laughs> um i would say that i'm pretty different okay um, well and, okay explain to me how you're different than most cops um well uh, i voted for bernie sanders that's a big one yeah. <laughs> um just yeah like my political views um yeah. are very different and i think that does it i've i've prided myself on um keeping my profession very separate from mm-hmm. who I am as a person. In That's sense, good in your line of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the sense that I care very much about what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that has to affect my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's my profession. It's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that not all police officers are like that. I'm not saying that all of them are. But of course, you I can't... Think, you can't 
with how does it go? You can't stroke a broad brush on anyone. Right, absolutely. But yeah. I, and I think a lot of that where that comes from is I feel like, especially right now, other police officers are feeling very ostracized yeah. from their community, from society as right. a whole, and from the country that they live in. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, if they're if people it's if tough. people are gonna if people are gonna judge them for their profession, then it's almost like a defense tactic to go in more into their profession, become yeah. more of that sure. persona because it's it's defensive for them. Mm-hmm. Um, are the majority? Would you say the majority of police officers? I probably know the answer, but they're conservative Trump people. I would say conservative. Okay. I would say conservative to moderate. Okay. Um, I think I would say that the specifically the the police officers I work with, yeah. I would say are mostly moderate. Yeah. Um, I mean we we have great conversations. We have mm-hmm. awesome debates. Um, mm-hmm. Really, just well informed people that I work That's with, awesome. and that have really changed. I mean, I went into, I went to working in Claremont as a just the biggest liberal you'd ever find. Um, and throughout my being here in Claremont, working with the people I work with, I've become much more moderate. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a lot has changed, and that's coming from these really, really good conversations I have with the people that mm-hmm. I work with. Um, so so what's, what's changed, would you say, in your views? Um, well, my, my views on gun laws have definitely changed. Okay. That's been a huge one. Um, I was always like really anti-gun. Yeah. Um, and I think New Hampshire is such an interesting place. Cause I, I think people should have to take a test to get a gun. Interesting. I think that New Hampshire is a really interesting yeah. like microcosm to look at because New Hampshire has one of the lowest violent crime rates mm-hmm. with one of the mm-hmm. highest um, gun ownership mm-hmm. in the country, which mm-hmm. I mean, we're only a million people. So it's, it is a really, it's a microcosm mm-hmm. and I, and Vermont's the same exact way. And so, you know, I don't know if we can look more into that. Like, what are we doing right as a state? Um, or what is Vermont doing right as a state? And can we apply that to the whole country? I think one thing we do right around here is I, I don't own guns, but I grew up in a family who hunted and a father who, I have shotguns and I, um, I don't do it now, but I have gun safety is, is a big yes. thing, you know, yes. like, um, for me, like, and you're welcome to disagree with me at any time. Um, cause you're somebody who carries a gun around with them all day. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't want to, um, but, um, I think, you know, it's about people that, you know, like you have to take a test to drive a car, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, so I'd feel like a gun is something that while it can't, like it can't, you can't, you can't kill somebody on their own. It makes it a lot easier to kill somebody with one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, um, I just feel like the the people who we gotta we gotta figure out a way to make sure that people who shouldn't have guns don't get them. I think that where the issue lies with that is like, what exactly would that be? Because the black market's always going to exist. Like the people who want guns are always going to find a way to get guns. Yeah, I know, but you can, I mean, you can also like walk into the store and like get a gun. Right, right. <laughs> but again, like I said, I mean, what what is New Hampshire and Vermont? And I think you kind of hit a, a big piece of it is that and from what I've learned from, from working with these, I, my family never owned guns, yeah. super anti-gun, like yeah. shooting for the first time was happened before I went to the police academy. Like that's the first time. That's I interesting. Ever... It's, it's interesting because we're kind of reversed yeah. because <laughs> like I grew up with guns 
And and then my parents got divorced when I was 14. And then I was like, I'm going to live with mom. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and then I stopped hunting when I was like 16 just because, you know, I didn't really like killing defenseless animals. Mm. And, <laughs> and and it's fine. It's, a, it's in our culture here and it's completely with whenever my brother hunts and my dad hunts and it's fine. Um, but it just wasn't my thing. So I think my... Um, experiences with guns as a child definitely affected like like I was afraid of it like you mm -hmm. know you know what I mean like I was like an eight-year-old kid who was going out there with dad because that's what dad wanted me to do and yeah, I yeah. was like scared I remember like there were mornings when I was supposed to go hunting and I was like hoping it would rain so I didn't have yeah. to go hunting yeah. you know what I mean yeah I mean I was definitely very nervous about it um, um, I mean the people who trained me over at Claremont were incredible and the way that, and I hope this happens in police departments all over the country, I don't know if it does, but it's very much, this is a tool mm -hmm. that you will use almost mm -hmm. never, and you mm -hmm. need to treat it yeah. as it needs to be treated. What is your, um, what is your view on uh, like AR-15s and people been able to own those? <laughs> um, it's a tough one. It is, it is tough. Um, I just don't know, I don't know if I have the right to an opinion on this. I just okay. don't think that I know enough Okay. and I have enough experience in that specific area to give a like educational and well sure. thought out response. Sure. All right. All right. We can move on from guns now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you, you don't have any particular issues that like are, that are dear to your heart. Like healthcare for all is one for me. Mm -hmm. That's really like, I think it's one of the biggest immoral things that like people go, can go to the doctor and leave bankrupt or in debt or um, like, you know, you shouldn't have to go, you shouldn't have to go bankrupt because you got cancer. Mm -hmm. Like it's a real moral issue for me yeah. and you know and and i've done many essays and many and research projects about how to pay for it and it can be paid for and other countries do it um so you know i just think that you should be able to go to the doctor get seen no matter your income like there are some things that your income shouldn't determine you know what i yeah. mean and when when bernie talks about him being a democratic socialist way, w the way i view that is like he's saying that Certain sectors of your society shouldn't be run for the means of profit. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like most of it can be, but like healthcare, education, social services, municipalities, like yep. police officers and firefighters, um, that's run to meet the needs of, of the people. So, and I feel like we have a system with healthcare where um, it's the doctors and the 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 like the experts are amazing mm -hmm. but the exchange and there's like there's like this mafia middleman known as like the insurance companies mm -hmm. that are going to try to make billions of dollars off uh off your health you know what, what's yeah. your view about healthcare? should it be a human right i absolutely yeah i would say that healthcare is definitely something i care about i wouldn't say i don't think i'm as passionate about it as you are yeah. i would say you know, my bigger things um, has been one of them being uh, big ag has always been a huge passion for me. Obviously, uh, big know. agriculture, just like okay, big, okay. big farm or yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like anything. Yeah, that, um, that's actually something I'm not really uh, informed that much about. So inform me. Yeah, well, um, I mean, like I said, I worked for the Humane Society of the United States, and yeah, uh, that's their big goal is essentially to eradicate 
big, big ag in the country because not only environmentally is it destroying the mm -hmm. earth um, with how much meat we're consuming, but it's just really bad for humans. Mm -hmm. And the meat that we're eating and being sold is unbelievably unhealthy. It's full of antibiotics and hormones and just mm -hmm. absolute garbage. And we're also destroying our own economy by not supporting local farmers and mm -hmm. people who are doing it right. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's a huge passion of mine. Um, I'd say that like social equality is also big. Yeah, um, LGBTQ rights, yeah. uh, women's too. rights. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. being having the ability to choose what I do with my own body is absolutely a big deal for me, um, and a, a big deal for everyone that I care about. Mm -hmm. um, so the government staying out of that yeah. is is a huge deal for me. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, just what do you even, say? What do you say to someone that that cites religious freedom? I'm just being devil's advocate. <laughs> about my rights? About your rights as a woman to uh, control your own body. Because uh, I, I'm 100,000% with you. Yeah, 100, I would say that America but, was supposedly yeah. um, formed with the, the purpose to not have religion affect yeah. the community yeah. you, can have, you can be spiritual in your own way but yeah. it's not supposed to affect the either the government or the, the community as a whole yeah and so i will say i respect your views and if you want to do whatever you want with your own body that does not give you a right to say anything about mine yeah absolutely um, no, nobody has a right to say anything about my body other than me <laughs> you're 100 percent so, <laughs> yeah um okay um man so you must be worried about the current Supreme Court because I try not to think about it because I go into like low-key panic attacks when I do uh, okay sorry I mentioned it <laughs> no it's fine I um no I don't feel great about it me um, either there uh, uh, in a variety of things but the issue that we were just talking about mm -hmm. that's at the top of the list yeah absolutely yeah. um I hope that my you know, worst suspicions don't come true I mm -hmm. hope that she is an impartial judge um, as she's supposed to be yeah as they're all supposed to be yeah um i actually just like i feel like that's all i can do at this point is just like hope yeah and just hope, see what hope, happens hope. Yeah. please 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 yeah exactly please 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 and it's you know it's it's uh roe v wade and it's unions mm -hmm. and it's um access to health care and yeah. it's lgbt right q rights and you know that's another one i think we'll definitely agree on is that you should be allowed be be able to be allowed to marry who you love and no that's it. Asked, yeah. yeah, you know, like there shouldn't be a conversation. Yeah. And the government saying no, you can't. Like, come on. Yeah, no. it's 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 this conversation's over. It is. You, you, it should be over. Yeah, it should be over. Yeah. Um, okay. One last thing that I wanted to talk to you about was um, being a cop. Mm -hmm. The Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. um, so, what are your First off, what are your initial feelings about um, what, you know, we just had a rough summer when it comes to mm -hmm. racial equality. Um, what do you think needs, what, do you, what are your, first off, what are your opinions about it and what do you think needs to be done as a cop in order to address these issues? Mm -hmm. um, well, my opinions are, um, I, w I came out very passionately when this all started happening. I was very in support of the Black yeah. Lives Matter movement um, which caused a lot of tension at work, but I think that, I think that the reason that there's tension, I know again, I'm coming from, I work in Claremont PD. We have 26 officers. I'm, I don't right. work for Boston or right. New York, or, you know, I don't work for these big, big right. agencies. Right. Um, I think a lot of where the tension's coming from. And like I said, 
is that police officers, just regular normal police officers, are feeling unbelievably ostracized. And that's a problem. By their community. Yeah. And, and I know this, that that's a small consequence for us mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But when you're somebody who may not necessarily have the same point of view as me or maybe the same life experiences or the same education mm -hmm. as me and you're working as a police officer and uh, you know we put ourselves in dangerous situations all the time i wouldn't say every day but all the, all time. the time i mean like, i've i've been in fights i've been mm -hmm. you know like i thought i was going to die multiple times in this job that's scary. and and when you have a your community telling you that you're just a terrible person yeah. because of that job that you chose okay. Right. It hurts. I'm it sure. Just hurts. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I don't think cops are terrible people. Just, just I, at all. I don't. I don't think you think that either. But, but when I'm, that's when you're being inundated yeah. with that, it's. I mean, I had some of the worst panic attacks, some of the worst emotional breakdowns during this because mm -hmm. I I posted something on Facebook in support of it, and a lot of my friend, with people I thought were my friends, mm -hmm. were telling me that I was just a terrible person because I was a cop. And I was like, I've, that's awful. It is, and yeah. and if even if don't you don't feel you right, even if you don't feel the same way as I do, if you yeah. hear that yeah. from people that you want or would hope would respect you, yeah. and for you as a person, not because of the uniform you put on every day, it, it does hurt a lot. Um, yeah. And again, I know this is, but this is in order to fix the problem. This is stuff we have to talk about, right? Because it, cops, cops are people too, and cops have feelings too. Uh, yeah, and, exactly. And, yeah. and I think uh, you know, for us, on us, we need to be able to show those feelings a little bit better Absolutely. and be okay with those feelings a little bit yeah. better. Um, yeah. I mean, mental health in in police work and in any social service it's not even work talked is, about. It's 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 taboo to talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unheard of. That's you a problem to you begin don't talk with. About it. Why, 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 you know, why are some, a small, first off, a small amount of cops doing these outlandish things? Well, first off, they're probably stressed out. Again, we're talking about the same type of dynamics with, you know, as with mm -hmm. people that are living in stressed out, working crazy hours, right. um, you know, not, it's taboo to talk about if you're depressed or mm -hmm. your mental health, like that takes a toll on a person. Yeah. I mean... So that's part of the problem as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I personally, I had, you know, I struggled with some things before I became a cop, but mm -hmm. I've worked as a cop for three years now. And I, I can tell you that my depression and anxiety has accelerated yeah. unbelievably. And I'm not afraid to admit it because I, I love yeah. talking about mental health and I encourage all my coworkers to talk about mental health. And um, I hope that I can become more of an advocate for mental health. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, in the workplace. Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, the only way... A Luckily, I work at a change. school where it's much more accepted yeah. to talk about mental health. Right. School is much more accepted area to talk about right. it than a, a police officer. Right, because it's a, it's a male-oriented workplace, first of all. Yeah. And talking about weaknesses makes yeah. you look weak. Well, yeah. Weaknesses. Yeah. I say that with quotations. Like, they're not weaknesses. No. But that's how it's perceived. That's the stigma. Right. And that's exactly. the culture. And until we change, until that culture gets filtered out, you mm -hmm. know, it's going to be tough. I mean, and, and in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement, I think this country was built on racism. I think law enforcement was built on racism. Oh, yeah. Systemic racism is a thing. Like, absolutely. <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think, I don't know. I, I'm trying to word this correctly in, mm -hmm. in my head. I don't think all cops are racist. I think of that, course again, not. we can't like blanket statement anybody. Of course not. Of course not. I think that, law enforcement 
and was built on systemic racism. Yep. And I think that you that's not the need, cops' fault, right? And yeah. but if you're, you know, if you're an 18 year old kid mm-hmm. and you're just out of high school and you grew up in an all white town and then you go to a police agency where that systemic racism is even just slightly there, mm-hmm. that's what you're going to learn, and that's mm-hmm. how you're going to be trained, and that's where you're going to go into your career as. Mm-hmm. And that's not that kid's fault. Mm-hmm. He's 18. Like he's 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 taking in everything. Mm-hmm. I say he, I can be yeah, he yeah. or she. He's taking in everything that he's learning, and he sees these these cops, these lieutenants who are training him. Mm-hmm. Even, and again, maybe it's just like an off-color joke, mm-hmm. or it's the way he arrested that one guy versus the mm-hmm. other one. That's how you're learning, and it's never going to stop. That's an amazing point. Until we that's figure why- out how to get systemic racism out of law enforcement. I'm, that's why I'm um, getting on my, because I'm somebody who's, I don't, I don't identify as a moderate. I'm left. I'm not going to deny yeah, that. Yeah. I'm the democratic socialist. <laughs> I, I am a democratic socialist. I will, and I will back that up. Mm-hmm. But um, Democrats need to, we need to stop saying to fund the police, please, because that's not helping anything. How about reform? How about, right. you know, like you're talking about changing the, the tra- I love what you just mentioned, changing the training system so that systemic racism isn't involved in that right. anymore. And I'm not saying it's involved here. We're talking about the country in a yes. broad sense right now. Yeah. I think at a broad sense, you're right, 100%. And I'm glad you said it and not me. <laughs> <laughs> that systemic, um, the systemics, it's something that's been embroiled into the training and something that's been in our systems for so long that mm-hmm. it hasn't been rooted out. Yeah. So reform the police. Don't defund. Right. We, I, I've been getting on my Democrat friends for saying, <laughs> stop saying that, please. Yeah. And I think I have a really interesting view because I am a liberal moderate yeah. in a very conservative workplace. Yeah. And I definitely understand my coworkers' points of view where it, it's like it feels like an us versus them. Yeah. And it's like, well... Like we're trying to be good people, we're trying to be good at our jobs, but they're right. saying now we don't get, we deserve less money, we deserve less training, we right. deserve less. Like, no, then I why, think... why would we fight for that? Why yeah. would we want to be a part of that movement mm-hmm. if they're attacking us just because I put on blues every day? Right. Like that's unfair. Sure. And so, 100%. I, everyone, you know, a lot of cops' natural instinct is to become defensive of that mm-hmm. and be like, well, they're well, that's a human reaction, right? Exactly, yeah. and they, it's hard for them to see that there's more to it than just them personally. It's mm-hmm. a bigger, larger thing. Yeah, it's not that's about you. People it, are fighting for, yeah. or I hope that's what people are it's fighting a, it's for. It's not about, it's, it's about the system. It's not about the... And we need to find a way of communicating, yeah. you know, that liberal idea mm-hmm. with police officers mm-hmm. and not make them feel like they're being attacked or being yeah. just because... We're not there yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Not just because they're, they do what they do every day. Yeah. And I also think... That, there's a lot of anger from both sides. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of anger from the, rightfully so, from the police side, and there's a lot of anger, you know. So I, I'm not, um, people shouldn't loot and destroy businesses. I hate that. Mm-hmm. But I think when you, what happens is, is that you have people who've lived under this system for so long, and they've tried to do it peacefully, yeah. and nothing works and nothing changes. Mm-hmm. So they feel like, and again, I don't think it's right, but they feel like that this is the only way I'm ever gonna is to destroy property and to yeah. loot, and that's also part of part of the problem, you know. Well, yeah, I think it's like kind of like screw the man. Like, yeah. if I'm not getting anything out of the system, then right, f the system. Right. Like, well, I was so I was um I did a I read a book to my special needs kids about um, Martin Luther King Jr. and um we and they got really into it and we got, had great conversations mm-hmm. and it was awesome um. And 
we talked about at the end of his life, you know, when he was shot and killed about how there were a lot of people that's like, well, this guy tried to do it peacefully. Mm -hmm. So why don't I, that didn't work. You shot him. So let's, let's, let's get, you know, let's get violent and yeah. let's, and let's, so I think until that there is, and it's, it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to take coming together as a country, which is going to be hard as hell mm -hmm. um, because we're so divided and we're so, you know, I, I hope, I think, I think, Trump had a lot to do with that, but it's not going to go away when he's gone, no, and it, and um, it's not going to just like fix overnight either. We have to actually. One of the reasons why I've started a podcast, I'm going to have some conservative people on here at mm -hmm. some point. Um, if you could put me in touch with some, that'd be <laughs> <Sure>. great. Um, <laughs> um, um, so, because we need to have these conversations, mm -hmm. or else nothing's going to change. Absolutely, and yeah. I think it's so important for us as white allies to to yeah. to have our opinions on things and but also we're really looking to the black community to give us direction yeah. and not give us direction. That's not, they don't have to do that, but to, to listen to how, what their experience is. Cause you yeah. and I are never really going to know no, what it's no, like, you know? No. And I do think that cause I actually, I've been at protests and black lives matter protests and I've seen cops there, you know, with signs and supporting black mm -hmm. lives matter. I think the more that happens, that will also help and it will, it will, because I, I do think there is a sense from not all the people that, but that like, you know, screw the police, you know, they, they've, but if we see more of that, I think that would help. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and I think, I think where that, where that comes from still again, is that us versus them thing. Yeah. It's like cops are like, if this movement is telling me that I don't like, I deserve less. Right. That's why I've been what telling, already what I'm getting, which is already very little. That's why I've been telling people that I agree with politically to say, stop using defund the police. Right. Cause that's not, cause it's not getting us anywhere. No. First off you're defeating the purpose and it's not the point you're trying to make. Yeah. So stop saying that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think a lot more cops would be more willing Need to more have funding conversations for and to, and to really listen to other people. If it wasn't, if it didn't, they didn't feel so attacked. And, mm -hmm. I, and I get why they're being attacked. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. But that's, again, it's, that's, it's, I don't think it's productive. No, it's not productive. It's not productive. All right. We've been going in for 37 minutes. Is there anything else you would like to talk about? Oh, we covered a lot. We did. Yeah. And you can always come on again too. Cool. Yeah. No, I think that you kind of covered it all. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Margaret. I really appreciate you no coming problem. on in uh, having this conversation. I'll find some conservative friends for you. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do it. Send them my way. All right. All right.